called to order the uh, East River Town Council regular meeting for Monday, May the 28th, 2018, to order. And um, we are starting uh, five minutes late, uh, five minutes after five. Uh, thank you to the tardiness of the Deputy Mayor Elaine Manzer and Councillor Byron, Byron Scammerhorn, who should actually know what the word tardy means. <laughs> um, Mr. Mayor, we did have an MPC meeting that's still ongoing and we had to leave in order to get to this one. So you weren't trying to break the MPC record for the fastest meeting? No, but I knew you'd comment on <laughs> Very good. So we've called the meeting to order. We are now at the adoption of the agenda. And... Um, <clears throat> Mr. Town, are there any additions? There are two additions, Your Worship. One that was identified, don't um, nope, nope, my mistake, it was not identified as part of the original agenda. So there's new business regarding property tax exemptions. These are for community um, property tax exemptions. The second item is an invite from the League of Leadership at the Peace River High School, and that's our diversity dinner. Okay, very good. Is there anything else? Your Worship, I have an extremely short item if, if we've got time. It's uh, the uh, 2018 tax notice. And I would only, uh, I'd just like to pass along my comments to uh, council and staff. So if that could be added, 2018 tax notice, and I will be very short when I speak to that. Should that be under unfinished business? Uh, I put it under number 14 under uh, information. Okay. So, so information item number 14 is invite from the League of Leadership at Peace River High School regarding the diversity dinner on June 1st. Okay, then, then, mine, then mine becomes number 15. Yes, so your sorry. item will be information item number 15. Tax notices 2018 comments. Okay, uh, do I have a motion to adopt the agenda as presented? Uh, Mr. Good, all in favor? That's as I made an assumption then that there were no deletions. I think that was probably a fair. So that takes us to the minutes of the May 14th, 2018 meeting. Uh, regular meeting of council. Are there any additions, corrections, etc., etc.? Clarifications? Misassigned motions? Mr. Good is making a motion to adopt the minutes as presented. All in favor? Are there any public hearings, Mr. Town? There are not, Your Worship. Any presentations? There are not. That takes us to bylaws, and I understand there's a request for decision on bylaw 2036. 
and this is the rates and charges bundle. And this is for third or third and final rate. Council, the RFD in front of you this evening in regards to the proposed rates and charges bylaw 2036 um, <coughs> excuse me, was out of a request from Council at the last regular meeting specifically to uh, additional information around the tournament and concession fees for our uh, ball diamonds. <coughs> excuse me. Um, community services provides the charges and rates for the ball diamonds both Ken Horland and other locations. The Ken Horland ball diamonds has a concession on site and is typically rented as part of a tournament package. However, the ball diamonds are available for individual rent for a tournament, whatever number of diamonds that you require. So in 2016, it was actually identified that our current rates by our user groups were rather high. Um, the user groups requested a reduction in those rates and subsequently in 2017 we brought back a rate option to council with a recommendation to reduce the tournament. Ms. Bell, can I interject for a second? Yes, you may. Um, we were actually to get um, Councillor Downing on the phone. Oh. Can I do that really quick? Absolutely. We'll, we'll do that right now. Thank you. I'll watch a caller on this one. <coughs> <coughs> Hi there. Hi, we're, we're sorry we neglected you at the start of the meeting, but you're part of it now. Okay, perfect. Thank you. And to verify that it's really you, what is your SIM number? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know that. <laughs> Who knows that? That's the proof we needed. We, we are already at uh, new, um, we're at bylaws, and uh, Ms. Bell is uh, presenting the and the answers to the outstanding question on bylaw 2036 which is up for third one final reading and this is the rates and charges bylaw. So, Perfect. Ms. Bell, carry on. All right, I shall continue. Um, the 2017 rate that was proposed and approved by council was $100 per diamond per weekend which was a significant shift from $100 per diamond per day. So it went from a typical rate of um, $1,200 for the weekend for a rental down to $400 for the weekend for all four diamonds. The concession fee of $100 per day has been unchanged since 2007. So that rate has been in place for 10 years, slightly over 10 years. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, administration had also been requested to provide some comparison communities. So we went out um, and did a more of a regional comparison as opposed to utilizing municipalities that we normally compare to uh, that are like size, such as 
the town of Devon. We did, if you were playing ball within this region, where would you typically go? Um, our rates are at the top of the chart on page two. The second uh, list is, or location, is South Bear Creek Park out of Grand Prairie. Uh, their can, tournament fees are um, $17.50 for four diamonds, upwards of $1,950 for all seven. There is no concession as a comparison there. Crosslink Center, <coughs> I'm sorry, um, which is the County of Grand Prairie operated by New Stadia Recreation, uh, it's a private company. They have two slow pitch diamonds, no concession, $25 an hour. So we did a calculation for you for a three day tournament and it would be anywhere from eight to $900 for the two diamonds, depending on the number of hours. They have one ball diamond and it's $35 an hour. JC Park is in High Prairie. I uh, spoke with the rec director there. Their uh, full um, rates are $300 per day for all four diamonds and $200 per day an environmental deposit, sort of a, a garbage fee as it were. And then they also have a 100 a day per food truck, sort of a fitting, the sitting fee is what she called it. So they don't have a concession and typically they'll have food trucks that will, that the organizing committee would bring in and the food trucks pay, or the organizations pay a dollar per, a hundred dollars a day for a sitting fee. Manning Ball Diamonds is one, this is unconfirmed information, so we'll not take, use it as gospel. Um, I wasn't able to speak directly with anyone from the Minor Ball Association after some attempts to contact them by email. Um, and when I spoke with the town of Manning, they confirmed that it was the nonprofit that operated their ball diamonds, so there's no fees because it's the association that operates it. Um, Grimshaw Ball Diamonds, they have four diamonds, there is no concession, but it's $100 per diamond per day, which is what our rate used to be, but now we're $100 per weekend per diamond. So $400 versus $1,200. <coughs> oh, excuse me. So I provide you with a number of options. One, two, you could lower the concession fee. Um, as we've already lowered the ball diamond fees, I don't make a rec any recommendations in regards to lowering those fees. At that point, you might as well eliminate the fee altogether. Um, you could lower the concession fee if council so choose. Um, $100 a day could be dropped to 75 or 50. At this point, however, what we've found last year with dropping our fees so dramatically, it was a significant drop from 1200 to 400 uh, for a tournament for one weekend. We received zero bookings after we did that. We had one tournament booked last year, but they were, had been booking prior to the rate actually being dropped. They ended up getting the lower fee because it just happened when we approved the rates, but they were booking the tournament regardless of the $1,200 weekend fee or the $400 weekend fee. So dropping fees does not necessarily correlate to an increase in usage directly. It would hopefully encourage, it would hopefully um, engage others and we've had a number of inquiries over the years and we're always told we're the highest. Well, in actual fact, 
or not. So um, this is good information for my administrative assistant at the front. She can reference people back to some of the facts that we have here in terms of our fees in relation to, to other communities. Um, the option two, <coughs> excuse me, is to maintain the current rates as they are proposed in the fee rates and charges bylaw. Um, I think we should run the tournament rates for another year. We've reminded our groups again at our field allocation meetings that are hosted prior to their seasons get going um, and see if anyone does take on some more tournaments and see where the rates go after that. Otherwise, uh, administration does recommend that council proceed with third and final reading of bylaw 2036, 2036, that's right, sorry, I'm making up numbers in my own head. The rates and charges bylaw as presented. Thank you, Director Bell, for that legato yeah. explanation. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> So just a uh, just a quick question because last time I had read this, it had said $100 per day plus GST, and I see that it's changed. You're now under the 2017 rate. Um, so when you said concession and that as a package deal, so if I was a, a slow pitch organizer, what does it cost to host a tournament for the weekend as that package deal? If you want the concession <coughs> and the ball diamonds for three days which is we do a Friday evening, Saturday, Sunday. It would be $400 for the ball diamonds and 300 for the concession. Okay. So $700 for the weekend. Okay, thank you. Plus GST. Your Worship, if it helps to focus the discussion and would allow me the opportunity to redeem myself for the motion I put forward last time and it failed. Uh, I would put a motion on the floor that council move to third reading of bylaw 2036. Very good. Any last questions for Ms. Bell? All in favor of Ms. Medina's motion? In favor. Okay, very good. Thank you. So that is passed into law. Uh, so we are now on to new business. Well, we can skip right over unfinished business as there's no unfinished business. Uh, we're on new business, request for a decision, uh, community organization property tax exemptions. Um, wasn't this, this was the addition, wasn't it? Yeah. So this is a property tax exemptions requested by basically nonprofits. That's correct. Uh, your worship and council if you're following along on our uh, on our peace river document site uh, the information has not been updated so a refresh of your agenda will bring up the link to the documentation there's a, a report and some background uh, alluding to the, the property tax exemption um, and i'll do a little spill just to to get you up to date uh, so under the MGA, there is a regulation for the community organization property tax exemption regulation, which allows municipalities to grant exemptions to certain nonprofit organizations if they meet uh, the requirements as set out in the MGA and the, the copter regulations. Um, as a background, this was established in 1998 um, and adopted at that point. Um, 
It provides legislative interpretation, descriptive meanings, uses of properties, and provisional clauses to exempt properties. And these properties are either held, which in this case means utilized, or owned by a nonprofit organization. They could exempt them from taxation if they're not otherwise exempt under the MGA. Uh, there are some properties that are already exempt. Those examples of those would be uh, those held for religious purposes, uh, educational purposes, or nursing homes or hospitals. Those types of uh, properties are automatically exempted. So these are uh, the outlayers who perform some type of um, benevolent, benevolent uh, purpose to the community or community program programming or a benefit to the community as a whole. Um, so there's a whole bunch of criteria that we do look at. This criteria is identified and specified in both the Municipal Government Act and the regulation. Um, it really focuses on the use of the property and how it benefits the community. Uh, generally, uh, those that provide some type of recreation type endeavor, so the sports organizations, the group that uses the curling rink, the sports center, the Elvedere Sports Center, um, those would qualify for exemption. Uh, those who provide a benefit for for the town, so food banks, um, other organizations that, that provide assistance to certain um, portions of society there, they're exempted. Um, and again, need to be not-for-profit and the income generated generally does not go back to the uh, shareholders or or enter enterprise type users so it's it's really um, profits are distributed for community type good um, so again there's um, does talk about uh, membership cannot be limited uh, cannot be biased or um, exclude certain types of, of groups um, organizations must be uh, formed to enhance the quality of life for programs provided to residents um, or again not-for-profit sports educational social recreational or other activities um, that benefit the residents of the area uh, third set of criteria there's some uh, minimum specifications on on how the property is used there's a 60% number uh, meaning that it generally needs to be available um, for that usage 60% of the time and if applicable available to individuals under 18 years of age at least 16% of the time again that one's a bit trickier it's not a, an absolute because you know it's not all types of properties are geared towards that but if they are um, or could be needs to be um, available to individuals under 18 years of age Final set of criteria, again, individuals cannot be restricted from using the property based on race, culture, um, ethnic origin, religious beliefs. Um, cannot be, membership fees cannot be a barrier. So again, membership fees or some type of free structure is allowed, but if they are significant, um, then that would probably exclude someone from an exemption. Um, easy example, that's a golf course. And then, um, you know, or they can't have some type of membership criteria that excludes um, portions of, of um, uh, society or, or the population. 
So there are no new exemptions asked for this year. Everyone that is on the list on page three has applied for and received the exemptions in, in previous years. Um, so there, there's probably no surprises and from a budgetary impact, uh, these amounts were budgeted for based on our estimation of assessment and tax rates back when we prepared the budget. So approving the list as is will not um, impact the budget. The final thing I will say is this is um, a little bit of a fluid um, venture at this point. There's uh, one uh, group that we're still working with to get the um, proper level of information um, and that is Alliance Campground at this point. Um, again, the application process is um, pretty stringent. You must um, submit some regulatory type documentation such as articles of incorporation and, and uh, registration for societies or, or not-for-profit status under the provincial government um, but then there's also information required regarding um, well, financial information that the town asked for and then depending on that um, could be further discussion on on um, community benefit and, and, and those types of things uh, so we are still working with the Lions campground to see if um, they are able to to meet the eligibility requirements. So what I would ask for at this time, and again, since this is just done through motion, um, allow staff to continue to try to work with with the Lions campground to gather that information and see if they they do meet the eligibility. Um, but hopefully, council will be able to approve these, um, and then if any other organizations do become do meet the criteria, then then we could entertain that um, at a future date. So there are, I'm not going to go through them one at a time, I think we're probably pretty familiar with the, the organizations that are listed here. Um, again, they do a lot of recreational and um, other types of benefits throughout the organization and they are existing um, exemptions within our system. So there's a couple options here. Um, first option, option one will be uh, grant a property tax exemption to the qualifying organizations for a single year um, and again since this is the first time council's seen this information and, and been able to digest it um, that's something they could consider if they want to just do it for one year staff to bring back more comprehensive information at a future point and um, we could have a further discussion if council's so interested option two would be to do a three-year um, exemption for the 2018, 19, and 2020 tax years. Um, that was our practice previously. Um, the exemption was last approved in 2015 for the 2015, 2016, 2017 tax years. Uh, again, from an um, administrative point of view, it's quite a bit simpler for the organizations that apply for the exemptions. Like I said, the um, application processes there's a lot of information that needs to be uh, remitted um, and it's truthfully easier for staff and in some ways council if that's entertained. Um, option three is uh, do not provide exemptions. I think there's some potentially negative um, impacts if council chooses to do that. They'd be seen as not supporting organizations um, who are on a pretty uh, restricted uh, financial uh, tightrope right now. Fair enough. 
Um, and again, you know, but there would be some potential uh, savings there if people did not want to consider that. So it's a lot of information to take it right now. I'll be glad to answer any questions on this or any of the applications if there's anything specific. Um, would you know if uh, P-Server is unique in this area in doing the, this sort of thing or do our fellow communities also do this for certain I would, organizations? I would say this is standard practice across the province. Uh, just a quick question. So um can if council so approves this list that is presented and you i understand are working with some other groups can those other groups be brought back to council for approval at that time or is are we just approving who's on this list or how is that working um so i think approving this list would wouldn't um It'd be difficult to bring the groups back. You could also you could bring them back and, and ask questions if you so choose. Um, Listen, it's easier to approve the ones that you've approved or ratify the ones that you've approved already. And if somebody wants to get onto get onto a list, they have to meet their application and they have to review it. Come back and put them on the list. Yeah. So um, from that, I. Um, Councillor Ford, were you talking about the existing people on the list? Would you want to talk to them, or are you talking to new groups? No, um, like for for the new councillor's benefit, like I the the names on this list that I see in front of me now are are typical from year to year. Yes. Now you're working with another group, which some councillors here may not be aware of, that used to be on this list, but at the previous council had uh, taken them off of that list for certain criteria reasons so if administration is currently working with with specific groups that are not on this list would administration bring those applications to uh, to council for approval at that time if they're yeah, yes I think I think we would be prepared to bring those parties in to come talk come talk to council about their application that's what you're saying yes um, from an administrative point of view, um, the application is only put out in uh, August normally and it's only accepted until September 30th. So someone couldn't come tomorrow that had not applied and say, hey, I'd like an exemption for the 2018 tax year. They'd have to apply before se the end of September um, and try to make it on a 2019 uh, listing. So. And again, you know, there's the one organization who had submitted their application in a timely fashion. It's just we're working through the secondary information to to gather if they meet eligibility. And if council wants them to come in and discuss that, we could absolutely make that happen. Greg, I have a question. Um, it's I'm wondering, are we actually approving the list, or are we approving the criteria? Because if we're approving the criteria, then anyone else that administration says qualifies for under the criteria, administration would be able to approve it. Because I, in my in my opinion, we're not we're not approving the list. We're approving the process. Councillor, I, I believe you are approving the list. 
there are eligibility that needs to be met and that's already been set through the regulations and the municipal government act um, counselor staff would not bring anyone on the list or anyone to council if they had not met those criteria so okay so the eligibility is is set uh, through legislation the organizations that we're seeing through this recommendation has has met those um, and as such you know we're asking that the list is approved not the eligibility requirements okay so mr mayor i'm prepared to make a motion that council grant a tax exemption to the community organizations as listed for 2018, 2019, and 2020 taxation years. All in favor? In favor. It's unanimous, so I won't ask for the names. Um, so that now takes us to a request for a decision regarding the neighborhood the neighborhood renewal project 2018 to 2021 one of your favorite topics your worship uh, so last week uh, or approximately a week ago we closed the tenders on the neighborhood uh, infrastructure renewal project and uh, we received two tenders in for that project uh, but one of the key items there is within the annual capital budget, uh, what was within the Apple annual capital budget uh, was approved for this year for, uh, I think we were at 2.29 million for this year. Uh, but one of the things that uh, Director Town and myself want to make sure that uh, council understand by accepting the tender would also will also be committing the council to this uh, project for four years and we wanted to uh, get approval from council for the expenditure the planned expenditure of these funds over the period of four years for this project so as i mentioned uh, the tenders closed about a week ago and we received two tenders one in for from the well brothers contracting for a total of $6,626,726 and one from McNally Construction Limited for $8,444,853. In evaluating uh, the tender criteria, we did put together a tender criteria for uh, the tenders based on project experience, personnel experience, schedule, local involvement in financial resources and tender price where the tender price uh, was weighted at 50% of the evaluation and the remaining 50% was dependent uh, on uh, the other uh, portions of that criteria. After evaluation, the low tender scored 9.5 out of 10 and the next lowest bidder scored 7.1 out of 10. Prior uh, to the tender, uh, Velocity Engineering and ourselves worked through a pre-tender estimate and based on the design at that point and with our project contingencies, uh, we were projecting uh, the, the tenders come in at 8.645 million, 391. Uh, and then within the capital budget that we had planned, 
Christmas time, we were looking at an overall expenditure over the next four years of 8.59 million, or yeah, 8.59 million dollars. So the and that number included uh, internal labor, external engineering consulting, uh, hiring of the contractor, uh, miscellaneous project costs such as uh, the Atco street lighting and project contingency. <coughs> So on page three, uh, you can see that you know, based on the low tender, uh, the projected cash flow for the next four years, we're projecting out at 8.526 million, so 8,526,357 dollars, uh, which is under, uh, just under our uh, allotment that we put forth in the, uh, five-year capital plan. Under that plan, we we're looking at 8.59 million. So we're, uh, with the projected cash flow is just slightly under that at this point in time. So based on this, uh, the options that we're presenting to you tonight are to accept the proposed budget for the 2018 to 2021 neighborhood infrastructure real project up to a maximum of the 8.59 million that was in the capital budget for our five-year plan, expended over four years, and worked a construction contract to the lowest bidder, Ruel Brothers Contracting, in the amount of 6,893,571, including 266,844.50 in believable private services. And uh, just as a note on this one, as with uh, what we did in the uh, neighborhood renewal program last year was to be allowed for residents uh, to have their lot serviced uh, while we had the contractor on site and to renew their uh, their private services. Uh, the town would cover that under the project cost and then we covered that back from the resident uh, either through direct payment through that year or inclusion onto their tax bill. So that would be the deliverable private services that is listed there for that. $266,844. So the advantages is that meets with the expenditure target of $2.29 million allocated in 2018 capital budget. The overall budget will be within the projections for the, the five-year capital plan and Ruel Brothers are a local company and may provide for four years of employment for local residents. So disadvantages, uh, slightly higher expenditures in 20. 2019 and 2021, as both those years we projected to be at 2.1 million, but we'll note in 2020 that we're also lower on that particular year at uh, 1.8 million. Option two is to work a contract to note to the next lowest bidder, uh, McMillan Construction, and there's no advantages there, disadvantages, obviously higher costs, uh, financial implications, does not meet the 2018 capital budget target or the overall 2018-2021 capital project targets. Option three is to reject the budget and do not award the contract. And advantages allows council to reallocate capital project funding to other projects. Disadvantages uh, delays key infrastructure repairs and replacement leading to an increased annual overhead costs. Financial implications, as we've already stated. So, administration's recommendation is that council move to proceed with option one to accept the proposed 
budget for the 2018-2021 neighborhood infrastructural mill project, up to a maximum of 8.59 million, expended over four years, and award the construction contract to the lowest bidder, Ruel Brothers Contracting, in the amount of 6,893,571, including $266,844.50. In believable private services. And on the last page, uh, we just included uh, our current map of where the uh, next four years where we're going to be doing uh, the neighborhood renewal. So this year, uh, I said we're concentrating down on the uh, northernmost part, part of River Road and also on one of River Street. Any questions? Councillor Good. Um, probably more of a math question, but it's not my strongest suit. But if the if the contract has been um, awarded at six point six plus million, and your budget was for eight point five, why would you not reduce the budget to the amount? Why would you not reduce the amount budgeted over the four years to the amount of the um, of the bid because the bid effectively should have all the work done within the four years why would you have a higher budget no I mean, yes if you would put that money maybe into future years but I'm not sure why you would do that over the next four so of just saying hey we've got a good deal let's take advantage of it yeah. so right now uh, projected our cash flow uh, for that but we also have what we've approved in our capital budget uh, it's something that, you know, as we go through and look at our future capital budgets, uh, when we look at our 2019 capital budget, it's something that, you know, we can't amend at that point. Uh, you know, we're looking at roughly two million bucks here, right? Correct. Well, less than that, you're looking at what? My math's not bad. I'm not that great. So 8.4, what, what, 1.6, 1.7? So right now you are looking at the difference of eight six to six six. No, you gotta look at the uh, look at the overall uh, budget that we projected. Because you that six right. million six hundred twenty-six thousand seven hundred twenty-six, that is just for the contractor. That does include engineering, does include what we're uh, dealing with for electric, it doesn't include our internal work. The amount that we've approved in the capital budget includes everything. Okay, so we're, okay. we're so that's where I'm going to want my clarification. So the difference is the amount that we would need for those for those functions. So the, the number that you're looking at is you know, when we're looking at that projected cash flow uh, number of eight million five hundred twenty-six thousand three hundred fifty-seven. That so that is the number you should look at versus the eight point five nine. But let's say the lowest bid had come in at. 8.3 million, mm -hmm. we'd still be accepting that bid because it's other budget, correct? Not necessarily because I, would, I still have to account for all these other activities we have to do within the project. Okay. So the contract is just a portion of that budget. Okay, that clarifies it. Thank you. So I have a question. Um, what are what's the difference between construct construction contingency and project contingency? So the construction contingency is just the contingency amount that I allocate to, to, to deal with that contractor. 
The project contingency includes uh, any uh, engineering contingency, includes contingency for our internal forces, includes uh, contingency for uh, dealing with backhoe electric and any street lighting upgrades, and also includes contingency for dealing with any third-party utilities. So I've kept those contingencies separate because just on the accounting side, I deal with the contractor on a fixed contract, and it's so it's a known contingency I'm dealing with them on. And then the project contingency is one I control for the rest of the project to deal with all those other items outside of the contract. So the pre-tender construction contingency was six hundred and seven some odd thousand, and now it's gone to three hundred thousand. So how did you kind of change? your mind on those figures? Uh, it was 607,890 and now it's 300,000. So those ones there were ones I had to kind of massage to kind of keep within uh, what our budget was. So when I had uh, a harder look at that, I kind of massaged those contingency amounts because we're trying to keep within our capital budget amount. So there, uh, it just means I'm going to have to manage that project a lot harder uh, to make sure that you know I'm, I'm keeping fairly reasonable on that construction contingency. Although, uh, and there was one other portion in there. Let's look at too. Yeah, what you're saying is you've already eaten into the contingency. Yes. So I, I guess our or my expectation would be then that um, the company that's picked has not kind of lowballed some of the figures, knowing that there's a contingency out there that's going to cover some stuff. Well, the contractors will always do that, <laughs> but but the the key is that they have to prove to. Uh, myself and to the town that that is truly an unforeseen condition in order to get paid for it. Otherwise they eat it? Otherwise they eat it. That's good. So if, if they if it's something that you know it's clearly in the contract mm -hmm. and you can talk to each of the contractors because I've been pretty uh, pretty hard nosed with them on, on this is that they have to prove to us that this is truly an unforeseen circumstance. Because these are professional contractors and they don't say, well, I, I missed that in the contract. Yeah. It doesn't work. Good. Okay, and Mr. Mayor, just one last comment. Um, under the McMillan uh, construction, under advantages, I don't think it should say none because they do employ local residents as do Ruel construction. Oh, true so statement. Just, okay. Thank you. I think uh, next time around, clarify the proposal so that uh, we talk about construction and engineering costs. I know that we are sensitive to the criticism about how God those engineers, they cost us so goddamn much. <laughs> but you don't have to hide it. You can just keep, keep it up front. That way you won't get these questions coming. Uh, just um, so on the so the neighborhood renewal is focused in on the south end right beside the Hard River Bridge. That's correct. So where, so the project for the low pressure at the south-south end and 
and the reservoir project. What, where is where are those monies coming out of? So uh, when is that scheduled for? Refresh my memory. So there are two projects that we're looking at. One is the neighborhood renewal project, and the other one is the Reservoir 365 project. Okay. Uh, going forward in uh, Reservoir 365, that's the one that's going in fairly shortly for uh, final engineering on that project. But when we went forward with this project, we made sure that they dovetailed into each other. And I had Associate uh, Engineering that was working on our water modeling project this last year. They were working with Velocity Engineering to making sure that uh, all the recommendations that we were looking at for the uh, Reservoir 365 and to correct those pressure issues, we're actually looking that to get those done under the neighborhood renewal project as we go through and renew some of that water infrastructure. Okay. So, uh, so to answer your question, uh, things like uh, uh, when we're renewing water lines, uh, putting in PRVs, uh, those will be covered under the neighborhood renewal project. Uh, but just for this south, south this river, river. beside the Hart River. Yes. So any, any work around Reservoir 35 and the associated uh, with the reservoir valves, piping, and all of that will be under the Reservoir 365 yes. project. Will that also include, uh, that includes because you're going to dig up some of these sewers that includes the asphalt in those streets, right? Uh, yes, and what we're trying to do is uh, be fairly smart about this and, you know, any work that would be affected that way, we're trying to get done under the neighborhood road project. Uh, so that way, as we're laying piping in there, being smart and taking advantage of that, making sure that we've got our piping done in those areas that aren't going to tie into that project. When is the Reservoir 365 project scheduled? So we're scheduled to complete engineering this year and with the view of tendering January, February uh, next year and looking for a May start next year. Okay. So when uh, those residents come up and complain about their low pressure, I'll say, not this year, next year. Yes. Although they, well, my, uh, <coughs> Feedback back to them was, you know, we're working there over the next four years doing both this neighborhood infrastructure renewal project and the reservoir 365. And through that, they should see steady, steady gradual uh, improvements to their system. So this is more for, uh, my question is more for uh, the, the new councillors that are around the, the table as well. <coughs> So I know the last project that we did went really smooth. The very first project that we did, um, one of the biggest concerns that I heard from residents is when when we go in and, and, and do this work, and I know in the Saddleback project, there was a lot of driveways that, that were dug up. Um, and to replace the, the water or the, the piping or whatever. So when that, I know there's a lot of driveways down in this area as well. So are the contractors going to, whether it's a, an asphalt driveway, a gravel driveway, or a concrete driveway, will the contractor be approaching the residents to give them the option of replacing their whole driveway and they pay their, their share for the stuff that, that uh, we don't dig up? 
So that one there is it's a little different than the, we're not offering that ability under this contract. The only thing that we're offering them as part of this is uh, for private services being their water and their sewer connections. That's the only thing that's covered under this contract. Driveways uh, is a totally different uh, animal and it's not covered like if- No, I, I, I do understand that, but let's say let's say under this contract mm -hmm. the contractor has to go in and cut out a 30-year driveway like they did it like they yes. did in the, in the saddleback project okay so now let's say if you have a, con uh, a concrete driveway yeah. so they replace the concrete that they dug up yes so are we going to give the or is the contractor going to give the homeowner the opportunity to have their whole driveway replaced and then the the resident would pay their share for the stuff that uh, we didn't dig up so that way they have a whole brand new driveway yes. rather than a patchwork quilt that saddleback looks like right now yeah and uh understand that and it, uh, that is not included under this program at this time so if the resident wants to entertain that with the contractor that would be a, a separate conversation with the contractor so would we not, um, as the hiring group, kind of throw that idea in the, or put a bug in the contractor's ear to make sure maybe the contractor would take that onus upon themselves to say, hey, look, we're digging out your driveway. Would you like us to do the whole thing? Uh, and give that and, option And to we them. can talk to the contractor, but you know, there's nothing in the contract that we can compel them to do that. No, that's fine. It's just that 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 it went with our first renewal project. That was the biggest concern and the biggest uh, feedback that I got from the residents up in. in but it was also, I think, one of the ones that caused us a little bit of grief in the end is trying to uh, go back and deal with that after the fact, and that uh, the town paid for a lot of those driveways up front, and then you had to go back and do cost recovery after the fact. But. Uh, but it's something, you know, I'm willing to have a conversation with the contractor, uh, you know, he's willing to entertain that. But uh, my preference is to kind of have a clean division and the private services make sense to me, but when we're starting to get driveways, especially one of the issues that came into Saddleback was just the variety of driveways that we had to deal with. And like if it was just strictly just asphalt, it's probably less problematic but we had everything from polished concrete to you know different great, uh, stone gradient driveways uh paving block driveways and it, uh, it was fairly problematic to follow it too thank you thanks uh, your worship just uh my favorite hobby horse a seven million dollar project uh, i sure hope we can find a couple hundred bucks for some signs uh, that's my election promise. Uh, but back to the uh, the math of Councillor Good. So the the 266-844 for the deletable private services. I yes, I know that's a small number compared to the eight million. But how did you actually arrive at that? Because or did you assume that every homeowner is going to participate, or how did that, you? That is what we based on every homeowner participating and allowing. Uh, 10 or 15 meters per service and, and 
basing that on that number, and that's the, that, that's that's the, the quantity amount that's shown in the schedule of quantities within the tender. So it's a fixed. And and if you look at eighty six thousand, you like not everybody participated. So this yeah. number could potentially be high, not low. That's right. Although I I see uh, contractor velocity wants to get in on this discussion, but. Uh, I'll let the mayor direct the traffic here. And just uh, yeah, comment on I was just going to clarify which one in the final tender we include for only 50%. Are we used to 50%? And we also included an option for open cut excavation on the surfaces on the private side versus the lining method. So I took the 50%, I said 10% by open cut and 40%. Uh, by lining. Um, we included that option because there may be some people that want to do the water service as well. Um, so in this way you could dig up the water at the same time, but in that option the homeowners are responsible for fixing up the yard after the time. So there's more cost to them. But So it's only 50% and we only had about just shy of 50% on the south end, or on the, on the north end. On the north end was about half. Yeah, about half. Okay, thank you. And one of the things on that, uh, under this program too, is uh, we'll be cameraing the lines again for the residents, and the residents will look at to see the line before they get to that cost. So you want a motion to proceed with option one to accept the proposed budget for the 2018-2021 neighborhood infrastructure renewal project up to a maximum of $8.5 million expended over four years and award the construction contract to the lowest bidder, Royal Brothers Contracting, in the amount of $6,893,000. I got to round it up to six hundred. dollars Including two hundred sixty-six thousand nine hundred in deletable private services. Can you handle the, uh, that roundup? I, I can eat the four cents, your worship. That was a little more than four cents, but anyway. So who's making that motion? Right, Mr. Scamhorn, all in favor? Can we just clarify the numbers of that motion? Uh, just just put it in as as per. per Okay, thank you, Mr. Uh, comment Is there an open house uh, for the residents still upcoming again? or? Yes, uh, and that's one of the first uh, things that we're going to on this project is once uh, we award the contract with the successful contract, we'll be getting together through all to set up a neighborhood meeting to discuss this year's program with the affected residents. Thank you. Alberta 55 plus games. <laughs> well, we had dealt with this one already. Two years ago, or I guess a year and a half ago, believe it or not. Um, your worshiping council, actually, this is uh, a new um, request 
We had bid for the 2017 Alberta 55 plus games. At that time, it was through Alberta Sport Connection or Alberta Sport Recreation Partners Wildlife Foundation, as I remember. Um, there's a new organization, the Alberta 55 plus uh, organization has taken on their games um, planning and implementation and bidding for host communities. And we have received an email dated May 3rd, and I bring that um, to note because the actual letter is dated January 19th, but we didn't receive this until early May. Um, significant difference in terms of timing. I, I think maybe the city of Grand Prairie might have received this January 19th if you read the letter closely. <laughs> There's a reference to the city of Grand Prairie in the letter to the town of Peace um, they are asking if the town would um, host, be a host community. At this time, uh, administration took the request to the community services board, your uh, committee of council with recreation and culture as its um, purview to bring back a recommendation to council. After lengthy discussion, um, the Community Services Board, and we've had these similar discussions in the past, timing is really everything when it comes to these types of events and activities, and the timing for us is still slightly off. Um, they are asking for hosting in September 2019. That would be the month that we would be having a grand opening for the multiplex. Um, we will be fully operational at that time. So you're really only looking at approximately 12 months to get the games in place for that time frame. If we were so to choose, because you are looking at summer months coming up, getting a committee put in place, that really wouldn't happen until August, September of this year. You're looking at a 12 months, probably less, really 11 months to get operational and um, ready to implement fundraise and the like. So at this time, the administration and the community services board does recommend a thank you, but no thank you this time around. However, to put forward a request if council agrees that we are very interested in hosting the 2021, make sure I get my year correct, um, Alberta 55 plus games. If the, the seniors games is the next set that the region, when we put together a host committee from the region, including Grimshaw County of Northern Lights, Northern Sunrise County, and ourselves. Uh, excuse me. Um, we were interested in hosting the seniors games as sort of our next um, set of games to host. This would give us an opportunity to pre-plan have time to fundraise, get an organizing committee in place, uh, sort of prepare ourselves for that process as opposed to be running to catch up, which seems to be a bit of the process lately. Well, with 2021 is we're still in office, so I won't have time to train and bring the gold back to <laughs> <laughs> We can work something within your schedule, I'm sure. <laughs> okay, so what do you want? Do you want administration to respectfully, respect, respect, respectfully decline yes. to host the 2019 Alberta 55 plus games? 
but provide notice of interest for participation and hosting the 2021. Correct. Okay, who's going to make that motion? I'll move your worship. Oh, excellent, Joanna. Now, now we'll get you in the, in the minutes as having, <laughs> having been here at the meeting. Uh, very good. So, any questions of Ms. Bell? Pretty straightforward. All in favor of Joanna Downing's motion? Favor? Yeah. Please. Thank you. People need to sleep over in the classroom or anything like that. No sleepover. They utilize hotels for the 55 plus games, which is lovely, actually. The the school divisions had smiles on their faces when I mentioned that to them. Okay, so that takes us to seniors' week. Is that falling your bailiwick? It does. Yes, it does. Just let me know the 2038 games. I'll be eligible. Make sure that the 2038 games are also. I'll, on I'll make a note for someone else to. Remind you can that. read a pre-plan. <laughs> 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 It'll be one plan. Heck of a game. Do I think I'll make it that far? It's <laughs> not if I keep talking like an idiot. I guess. In regards to Seniors Week being hosted on June 8th, administration is just looking for an enabling motion of a member of council, the mayor, deputy mayor. And anyone else from council would like to attend? Um, our seniors uh, services coordinator, Amina Usman, has planned a rousing event with music um, and some snacks and door prizes. And Myers, Norris, and Penny have actually co sponsored the event for us. So that's great to have their participation. Uh, Ms. Hume will have to uh, write up the speech for Deputy Mayor Manager. I don't believe I'm around. Heck, you're not old enough. I'm, well, I'm over 55. Is that what it takes to be a senior? Yes. Yeah. Depends where you go. I, I think we're pushing towards 65. Seniors, we just 55. It's how old you feel. <laughs> Well, <laughs> oh, I no, I'm leaving this one alone. What, what does it say in the charge? What does it say in the charges and rates bylaw? For ages? Yeah. Do, in, in do the you pool, get a senior's discount at? At the pool, it's sixty. We, we changed it, if you recall. So it's sorry. by the. It's not how you feel. It's. I did much to get you this. <laughs> it's what the charge. What I feel old. I'm not sure. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> So yeah. you want a proclamation? Uh, just an enabling motion of member, member or members of council for attendance. Okay. Um, somebody want to make that motion? You can make it for all of council. I'll think all of council will show up. Deputy Mayor Mazur, I'm sure, will be there to deliver the greetings from the town. Right. I would be proud to represent us to the seniors. Excellent. So who's going to make the motion? Oh, Mr. Ford. Did we vote? All in favor. Favor. Thank you. We're in our tonight. We're reading the motion. Everybody can see the exit sign already. That's the drop anyway. Fuck drop. Briefing note for the operating variance report as of April 30th, 2019. I think there's a
group out there on Facebook that's anxiously awaiting this report. So I'm pretty excited to present this one to council. This is the first variance report of the year. And normally it would have been done a month earlier, but um, with the delay in passing the budget and procuring our information and inputting into our system, uh, this is the first one council seen, and this goes up to the end date of April 30th. So it's the first four months of the year. Um, so this uh, report is to present uh, summarized but enhanced uh, information to to council. We have at the staff level gone through the accounts and looked at projected variances to the end of the year. For those new councillors here, this is a bit um, new or different from what you may have seen at, at other, other organizations or whatnot. Um, we don't report every single account. We have over 1,700 accounts, so to present that would be pretty unwieldy. So we summarize it. It's in a format that's similar to what you've seen in the budget. Uh, nearly identical type headings, so we should all be familiar with that. But staff do go through and we parse out um, known or somewhat projected variances to year-end with the, the purpose of trying to determine our year-end position. Um, if we know what that is going to be or have a reasonable assumption of what that is going to be, then council is able to make decisions on um, items as they arise. Uh, staff is aware of what our financial position is and if we're sliding in towards deficit territory, we can make adjustments um, to mitigate that and, and be able to deal with these things organizationally. Um, so the report itself, um, I'll talk about some of the verbiage. There's six pages of numbers. The first page um, of the financial information is for revenues for the general fund. And that's one of the big changes for this report. We have split out general operations. Uh, that's the first five pages of the financial information. Uh, then we're showing water and wastewater operations as a separate fund, for lack of a better word. The uh, reason we're doing that is because they do have different revenue streams. One is a service type uh, enterprise, that's our water and wastewater rates where we do billing. Um, it's generally um, uh, split out from our general operations. Um, so we are able to report on that separate and then it does have potentially a different surplus or deficit position than our, our general operations. Um, again, you know, as I said, only known or reasonably known variances are reported at this point. Since it is early in the year, there aren't that many. Um, and staff have not done uh, significant work yet regarding um, payroll type costs. So there's um, that will happen with the next variance report, which you'll see in two months. Um, plus, there's additional work that we will do to try to determine our year position uh, regarding other types of um, expenditures, uh, specifically around utilities um, and insurance type costs. Um, for example, I'd like to report that our insurance bill is about $30,000 less than we, we had budgeted. Uh, rates were, were ever so slightly reduced. Um, but our premiums went down due to um, reductions in, in history. We have been pretty good the last couple of years, so so there's been some, some savings there. Um, but I still need to do the work to see what, what that's attributable to, if it's just under our general liability or if it goes to specific 
uh, departments in how we are going to report that to council. So in terms of general operations through four months of the year of the town, general operations is projecting a small, and when I say small, I do mean small, uh, surplus of about $9,800. Uh, as I mentioned before, there's going to be additional work coming up for future variance reports. Um, but there's two revenue items that we are able to identify at this point. Uh, first is revenue for bylaw enforcement, which is projected to be a favorable variance of 14000 year-end. So um, just looking at the financial report on the first page, um, what you'll see here is under bylaw enforcement on the revenues, it's about 13, 14 lines down. And there's, there's a couple items that make up that amount. Again, the summarized um, peace officer activities would go in there along with bylaw enforcement, um, along with other type of enforcement type activities such as um, uh, business licenses and that kind of stuff. So uh, what we do when we look at this is we, we identify the known or reasonably known items and what we could say out of that group of activities is that fire law enforcement is um, going to be about 14,000 more than, than what we budgeted for. Um, and that's strictly due to the um, enhanced or proactive um, enforcement that we've done. We've seen it uh, through snow clearing type activities. Um, and I expect just as a heads up that we will continue to see it even on probably a bit lesser amount for weeds and, and those types of property uh, type issues. Um, just as a heads up, we will be doing a more um, proactive enforcement around uh, garbage and recycling um, type activities, but that will probably focus more on educational rather than citation-based events, but we are um, going to really work with our bar enforcement officer to um, help educate the public on just to finalize recyclables versus versus waste and try to reduce our uh, the amount of waste that goes to the landfill. Um, there's a second revenue item that we could report on at this time, and it's uh, conditional grants uh, from federal enterprises for the airport. Um, what that is is that's ACAP funding that has been received in 2018 of $457,850. Um, so again, from a financial treatment, when we receive monies, um, and this is monies for capital purposes, we do have to flow it through our, our general operating fund, but there's an expenditure offset because we immediately take that money and flip it to um, our, our either our capital reserve or our capital um, expenditures from operating. So there's no impact there because there's a matching expenditure offset for that, but we do have to identify it because that's how we, we do account for it. In terms of expenditures, there's a smattering of expenditure items that we can report on right now. First is um, fire protection wages and benefits are expected to be a favorable variance of 12500 a year-end, and that's due to delays in filling the safety coordinator position. That position was, was vacant for just over two months, um, and now that that's been filled, um, we could uh, reasonably report that that those are the amounts that we're going to be under budget within that account. 
from Public Works Utilities are projected to be an unfavorable variance of $8,400 to your end. Um, and that's a, um, that's a gas cost at the new Public Works facility. Um, we did not have great information as we were trying to budget. We had just uh, purchased it. Um, and there was some hiccups when we tried to get the proper building in place last year, so there was charges and credits um, and um, inadequate information to prepare a decent budget. So we did the best we could. They also um, added a, a new glass shop, a carpenter shop out there, which is using some, some of that gas. So um, we just didn't budget enough there. Um, materials and supplies for parks and recreation are projected to be unfavorable variance or an amount of around 8300 at this point. Um, this is unfortunately a timing issue with um, invoices received um, from the ski club for items that we're responsible for but it happened in 2017. Uh, we did not get that invoice until 2018 and we weren't able to roll it into our 2017 amount so unfortunately we are accounting for it in 2018 we will try to manage and, and uh, ameliorate that to the best of our abilities but uh, that's um, was something that was outside of our control yeah i think the treasurer of that club is running for tcp nomination so hopefully he takes care of the bills yeah. <laughs> Finally, transfers to reserves are an unfavorable variance um, of 80, or $457,850, and that was the revenue amount that was identified above. So, um, in this case being unfavorable, yes, we transferred more to our reserves and we are budgeted for, but there's no net impact because we've received a similar uh, revenue type amount. Is there any question on general operations or anything so far? In terms of water and wastewater operations, again, as I mentioned, we have parsed this out um, due to their, it makes sense to kind of treat them as different funds. They have different pressures and, and issues relating to them. Um, so similar to the general fund, um, additional work will occur for the next variance report, uh, specifically around payroll, utility costs, and insurance. Um, plus, we'll probably have enough information at that time to try to project revenues. Again, I will caution revenues will be a projection and as a heads up revenues are trending lower than budgeted for um, need to do a bit of work on that but I anecdotally I attribute that to the, the cold spring and the slow start to watering um, lawns and, and other type activities um, but once we get more information I'll be able to see what the split is between residential commercial properties um, look at some of the big accounts and see if there's other issues, um, uh, growth and, and reductions and see what, um, what that could be and what that turns out to be. Um, but overall for water, um, at this point, and again I caution at this point, um, it's projecting a deficit position of around $40,300. Um, and there's two, two expenditure items that really make up this amount. Uh, first of all, contracted services for uh, water, especially water lines, are projected to be an unfavorable variance of 15,000 at this point. That is subject to change. Um, 
variances due to the frequency and costs relating to hiring contracted assistance for water line breaks. There were three or four significant ones already this year. Again, um, generally attributable to the long cold winter, very cold, um, and some of the water line breaks were, were significant. Um, also some, some issues, and I don't want to say issues, but um, the new labor laws um, had an impact on how we do our operations. Um, we need to manage our forces differently um, and not exceed the maximum hours uh, worked for, for staff. Um, and in doing so, we've had to rely on contracted services a bit more than we normally would in this year. Um, and to be honest, that may be a future um, issue going forward. You know, the, the staff that we have, um, depending on what comes up, uh, we try to rotate them as best we can, but there's, there could be timing and issues where, where that might not be possible and we have to use more, more contracted type work to assist. The final amount is underwater utilities and insurance, which is a favorable variance of $17,000. Um, and that's projected for gas. Uh, utility at the water treatment plant. Uh, replacements to the, the boiler core last year uh, resulted in significant energy reductions. Um, plus there's going to be replacements of boilers at the plant which will also see some energy reductions. So uh, between those two amounts uh, there still is a negative for projected deficit position of 40,300 but uh, again we will try to work to mitigate those and try to improve them as we go through it here. Any questions on any of those? I have a question back on, um, I don't know where telephones would happen in this, but um, the offices went on this um, VoIP system? Going on the VoIP system. So we're not on it yet? No. Um, okay. I can provide an update to that. We're actually switching over our public works and airport system within the next four or five weeks. Um, they're the first of our phased um, um, facilities. So they'll be done, the way that the VoIP system will work is there's two main hubs that come into the system. One will be this building as a main trunk. Um, Public Works will be a secondary trunk. So if one facility goes down, we can transfer to the other and use them as an outgoing um, source. So for um, logistical purposes, we are doing Public Works first and the airport is a secondary facility. Um, and then once those are in place, we'll phase in the other facilities and start to realize the the savings and um, operational benefits of, of doing that at that point. So can you refresh my memory, were we to see savings this year or it was going to take a few years to work off the actual installation part of stuff? Well, we'll see savings almost immediately. Um, of course, it'll be a little prorated. We'll probably only have about six months worth of savings rather than eight or nine. Um, and again, we'll deal with those as as they come up, but again, operationally, there'll be some pretty significant benefits and there'll be um, some financial benefits and the payback of the system would be a couple of years at the most I expect. Any other questions? Mr. Tom? Um, I have two, actually, three short ones. When was the last variance report? Because this one covers the first four months of this year. When was the last variance report about to come? Don't quote me, but I believe it was just before the election last year. 
And then, sorry, go ahead. Um, if it was, is there a possibility of getting a variance report? Uh, I know it's not really covering a lot of variance, but is there one that would cover the last quarter of last year or the last? Because part of the part of the reason for the discussion of the variance reports now is a, a public question of you're not doing the checks, you're not doing the check register, and the municipal fair said you don't need to do the check registers because you're getting the variance reports. Yep. So, being that if that's true, we haven't had a check register that I've noticed that I've remembered since I've been council, we haven't had variance reports either until this one, which is great to have. So, I wouldn't mind seeing a variance report for the last quarter if possible because this variance report doesn't really cover that. So for consistency, I just wanted to mention that. The second part is in the um, year-end forecast and the, end, and, the, and, the, and the budget, if you have, am I correct in assuming, let's assume you had an area that had a huge variance of, let's say 30, 40%. Would you then change, because I didn't really notice and I may have not looked close enough where you would change the overall year-end forecast? Yes. Yeah, yeah, sorry. yeah, so the rule of thumb is um, once any individual account is plus or minus $5,000 or 80%, um, then that's the point we would identify once we're fairly certain what we can project it out to. Would that not change the year-end forecast amount though? It would, yes. And that's what I'm not seeing changed, if I'm, unless I'm missing something here. So, the annual budget, let, let's, uh, let's take a look at, just for an example, town hall supplies and materials. Yep. Um, there's, there really isn't a variance, but I'm trying to find one where there's a lot of here. So, if um, you go down to fire protection, yeah, for example, which will be below. Yeah. So, we have identified that there's a positive or favorable variance of 12,500 yeah so you'll notice that the annual budget right beside that number is just over half a million dollars right. 500,150 right. but the year-end forecast has been reduced okay so we expect um, that the forecast for that category of, of accounts will be around 12,500 less than budgeted for okay so in the, in, if we get to the next the other question area I had a question on very quickly on the contracted services which as was pointed out to me includes legal costs yes you're not seeing any increase in legal costs according to this affecting the budget figure of 395,500 there's not enough of a variance to affect that last number in your, in your estimation that's correct and I had anticipated that a question like this might come up um, from a budget perspective at this point we are trending under budget um, but I of course caution that that can change so there wasn't anything that we can project at this time um, you know it is subject to items that are sometimes outside of our control so we're not able to do a projection but from a trending perspective it is um, less than what we budgeted for at this point so from an actual day to, -day to a budget today perspective it is below our budget today amount within the within the contract and service department that's correct okay thank you perhaps a motion to accept the variance report as presented Mr. Anita, all in favor favor okay. 
So that takes us to the information items. There's 15 of them. So uh, perhaps we'll just quickly step through them and then if somebody wants to underscore something in that particular information item, uh, speak up. So item one was letter from the Mighty Peace Watershed Alliance. Um, I believe within the letter that um, uh, the town is being invited to um, uh, join the summit and share a few words of welcome on the morning of June 30th or 20th at the Saw Ridge. So should we enable the mayor to make a presentation? Uh, or at least words of welcome. Okay. I, I, I so move. Okay. All in favor? Favor. Mayor designated. Uh, item two, letter from the government of Alberta, prescribed fires. And that was authored by Crystal Burroughs. Anything we need to highlight there? Other than this is Max Forest Fire, Grassland and Forest Fire Fighters. Okay. Um, Go on to the third one, letter from Alberta Seniors and Housing. This is the Seniors Week Proclamation. When are we having that, Ms. New? June 4th. And are we signing the proclamation today, or is uh, No, that's magic? for ALS month. Well, we have one for ALS, so that's next So anybody want to comment on uh, Alberta Seniors and Housing? Do we enough, have enough housing procedures? assume that's a yes so so do we recognize this at a council meeting like say that we're proclaiming uh, seniors week to be next week or how do we do that you'll uh, you'll make it so uh, when you sign the proclamation okay do we need an enabling motion for the deputy mayor a uh, letter from the ALS Society of Alberta. Um, June is ALS Awareness Month, and we have a proclamation that we're going to sign. Yeah. Okay, do that. Any, uh, anybody want to unders underscore the ALS letter? Uh, there's a letter from Alberta Environment and Parks regarding the Alberta Community Resilience Program. Funding update. I may, uh, Ms. McQuaid, want to make a few comments on that? Is there more dollars to be had? Awesome. Caught them off guard. Maybe Ms. McQuaid will answer that question. Good evening, uh, Your Worshiping Council. This is a grant opportunity that we are looking at pursuing. We have been in conversation with the Ministry of Environment as to what their requirements are. Uh, basically, the project has been deemed as eligible. So we are in the process of updating all of the documentation, getting the floods plane studies in, and uh, basically making sure that we have all of our ducks in a row, as well as making sure we're up to date on all of our current reporting so that we're in good standing with them. And we're looking at having it uh, in their hands well before the September 30th deadline. Thank you very much. Uh, an email from NADC 
They've taken a couple of caribous to Ottawa. Uh, number seven letter from the RCMP regarding a complaint of fraud against the town of Peace River. I'm kind of surprised that uh, we we uh, we blanked out the uh, the name of the complainant. I guess you did it for FOIP purposes my, my feeling is people are so vapid as to put these things on the internet it should be exposed for the vacuousness but anyhow we will, uh, they don't need our help they don't need to okay yeah has been i know this letter has been on facebook in some manner has it been put out by the town or released by the town there's been no town communication relating to this this letter yeah so we didn't want to release it officially in any capacity until council had a chance to look at it this being a public meeting isn't it in and of itself a form of releasing a letter although the question of whether or not the town is being investigated by the rcmp will have to be answered in the next um, sort of SPPR installment, so we'll release the letter then specifically there. Good. I, I, think it, I think it should be asked and answered and released. I would agree. Thank you. Okay. Anything else on that? Uh, number eight, 2018 Rural Man Man Info from Street Cancer Center. This hashtag tartans for dads or plaids for dads or something. Two different uh, initiatives. This one is oh, yeah, it's separate. This is um, happening tomorrow at ATB. They're going to have a van there doing tests. Um, the plaid for dad event was just almost perfectly timed. It's 15 days after the fact, but they're trying to coincide with Father's Day. And these are blood tests, from what I understand. Yes. Yes. The Twitter post said blood test, not a glove test. So very uh, <laughs> crucial distinction. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I will move on to the next item. No, you got my better side the first time, Miss Manzer. <laughs> and there's an invite from uh, MNP for. Um, Bill Hurdle's retirement celebration on May the 31st, 2018. That's a Thursday, I believe. I won't be here. Uh, but I encourage others to go. I'm sure they'll have good food there. Uh, invite from All One Sky Foundation to attend a free climate change workshop on June the 7th, 2018. There's an invite from the Peace Regional Healthcare Attraction and Retention Committee for the Physicians Appreciation Barbecue on June the 7th, 2018. So Mr. Mayor, if I could speak to that one. So we did one of these um, last year and it was well attended by um, uh, local doctors. That was the intent and also uh, counselors were invited. So my question I guess would be if we could enable um, counselors to attend this and if that's the case who would be able to go so i would put a motion forward enabling uh, counselors and mayor to attend the appreciation 
uh, barbecue and mini golf for the um, physicians uh, health or these regional health care and attraction committee. Something missing here. So Deputy Mayor Manzer will attend. She's just looking for backup. So gonna, what else is going to? Oh, yeah, are you actually here June seventh? Yeah, you'll be back. Right? You'll be there. Okay. So, yeah, and yourself too. Now it says doctors and families. Am I bringing my whippersnappers? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, you can. Only if you uh, let at least know that you're bringing how many. Well, there's two that I know of. <laughs> I don't want to go there either, but okay. make sure you let it know. <laughs> That's another casting band that they're bringing in on some other month. Maybe a quick checkup while you're there. <laughs> Forget it. <laughs> I'll send you an email. <laughs> so all in favor of Deputy Mayor Manzer's motion to enable Kelsey's statement. In favor. There's an invite from a company that's 50 years in Peace River, Venture and Parts Supply, on June the 16th. Who's, who's going to attend that? Are we going to? I think I would suggest that we treat this one in the same way that we treated Armstrong Construction, uh, their um, major anniversary. And Mr. Ford, I think you went to that one. I don't know if we were enabled, if we just turned up or what. I was unable to go to that one, but I did uh, did read a letter on the town's behalf uh, congratulating them on their 50 years. Yeah, we should probably do something similar. But could you write a similar letter in the museum for Venture Park Supply? But theirs is going to be out in Weberville. Uh, who's going to try and attend that? Thank you. Okay. Well, maybe make a motion to enable. Uh, um, we'll, we'll get Mr. Needham on the on the list here. He can get paid. Oh, is there? In favor. Um, and uh, we've got 13 here, an invite for Points West Living, their fifth anniversary celebration. So they got a while to to go before they catch up to venture part supply. Um, are we going to do anything special there? Okay. I'll take that as a no. And there was an information item number 14 invite from the League of Leadership at Peace River High School regarding the diversity dinner on June the 1st, 2018. Ms. Vanzer, you want to speak to that? Uh, sure, I think this is an excellent opportunity to um, show our uh, commitment to inclusiveness within the town of Peace River, and I believe this is at least their second such um, uh, dinner. So I would suggest that uh, councillors be enabled, well, I'll move that councillors be enabled to attend this, which is on this Friday, I think, June 1st. Besides Deputy Mayor Manzer will be attending them. I'm not sure about Okay. Uh, so all in favor of, of uh, Ms. Manzer's motion? Which one? In favor. This one is for the diversity day. So uh, 
We didn't make one for the point six. They're only five years old. Um, so, and the fifth uh, information item number 15 was tax notices 2018 um, information share. And we have this one, uh, thanks, you were, yeah, just uh, I promised uh, my colleagues I would be short, so I will be short. So if you didn't pick up your mail today, uh, your tax notice is now being delivered by Canada Post. So I, I guess my commercial here is a thank you to staff. Uh, I'm not sure if we're ahead of time on those tax notices, but for some reason I recall getting them uh, more into June or late May-ish, uh, into the month. So I, I think one more on time. Uh, the second point I'd like to make is I, I really enjoyed the, uh, the fact sheet. I know we did one last year, but uh, maybe this year I read it more closely or, or paid more attention to it. But there certainly is some good information in there and explaining the value of your tax dollar, um, the percentages as to uh, where your dollar goes and what sorts of uh, uh, departments and programs that your dollars want. And of course, the letter, the little Q&A fact sheet again, also talked about some of the new initiatives. So uh, I, I guess the point of this conversation is uh, uh, that's, a, that's a thank you to staff. I thought it was well done. Uh, just as a side note, uh, Colin's modest house uh, is about $320,000, and my tax bill went up $46.79. So uh, I'm just a whopping increase. I'm going to ask everybody on Facebook to join me and complain about the huge increase that Mr. Needham uh, put forward. Uh, in closing, I think staff did a great job. Uh, I like what I saw, and uh, when you get your mail tonight, enjoy your tax notice. Thanks, Councillor, and I'll pass that along to staff. Okay, and uh, maybe just a mo uh, motion to accept. Uh, Items one through fifth, all you've done. Items two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, thirteen, and fifteen for information. Mr. Ford, all in favor? In favor. Excellent. Uh, any notices of motion, Mr. Town? There are not, Your Worship. Uh, I will open the floor to the public. Who, uh, who who aren't attending who aren't in the gallery this evening so i'll move on to key communication items and i will uh, ask the press if there's anything uh, that piqued their interest and if they're looking for interviews slash highlights when will you have an answer to the letter about Claude? Uh, it's, I will refer that question to Ms. Ms. Hume. Uh, we will just, it sounds like you were going to make it part of our Q&A and yeah, so discuss it at the Volume 3 of the uh, Ask KPR um, sort of fact sheet that we've been doing likely come out next week. We're just drafting it this week. so. That's when that would come out, uh, but it's not going to say much more than what's in the letter right now. Yeah. So, 
Should it be volume three or should it be volume one, issue three? I debated that myself too. Put a volume one before, so consistency. Okay, very good. So I don't complain if you get it. You know either way. <laughs> Just gotta make a decision and go with it at a certain point. Anything else? Great, can I come and talk to you about some details of what you're doing? Absolutely, anytime. Yep. Tomorrow's last. Um, I have meetings most of tomorrow, so just check. Yeah. I'm wide open Wednesday, so if you just get in touch before, we'll make it work. Yeah. So you didn't, when you said anytime, you didn't actually. <laughs> 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 anytime. Okay, I hope so. Wednesday. Well, that's true. It's 
Do you have a copy of the report? No. Oh, well, I could give you my copy. So one of the other uh, big things that's happening this weekend is the powwow, which is going to be in the 12-foot uh, event park. So um, I'm sure it's going to be uh, good weather, and uh, it starts, I don't know if it starts Friday night, but it's Saturday for sure and Sunday. And Sunday around 3 o'clock is when the... Um, high school graduates and Northern Lake College uh, graduates are recognized as well. So you'll be there for the grand opening too because I won't be there. Grand entry. Grand entry. Yeah, they have some of the Yeah, they haven't even, they haven't sent me from that this year. Did they? Did Probably they because they didn't. I'm not sure if they've actually got it. Well, yeah, they asked this week if this is not going to break. Really? Okay. So, Paul, when are you available for a conference? Uh, anytime. <laughs> <laughs> Except for Wednesday. Uh, Except for Wednesday, because you won't be there. Oh, yeah, you can. What time do you get to the office tomorrow? Sure. Okay. No, actually, I'm available all the time. Thanks to technology. Okay. Do you want to answer? I'm up until we get waiting. Sure, I'll uh, give you a call tomorrow. Cool. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Auto, anything else? Yeah. Uh, no, I would just, I guess, add the property tax exemption notice. Um, and the neighborhood infrastructure renewal project and the raising charges bylaw. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, we will recess for 10-15 minutes.